you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Russell, play fake, going to roll left, looking, looking, now he's going to roll back to the right side, still looking, hero left, looks, now he throws downfield, reaching up, Butler makes a catch, he's on the 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, knocked out of bounds, inside the 5-yard line, are you kidding me? Steve Rabel, K-I-R-O with the call. If Russell Wilson continues his career trajectory and ends up in the Hall of Fame one day, they will play that pass, that that escape, that completion to Doug Baldwin, the most important play of the game for the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night football here in Week 10. A 22-16 win over the Arizona Cardinals, but a costly win for the Seahawks. Dan Hans is here along with the great Mark Sessler. What's up, Sizzler? How are you? We watched the rest of this game, well, the second half of this game together, I should say. And right after we met, uh, the play occurred. Richard Sherman going down. He had been on the injury report with an Achilles injury, and it came full circle. It looks like, well, we don't know the full report, but it looked like he mouthed the words, I tore it, I tore it. And that is a devastating blow. If you look at the statistics about how the Legion of Boom and what's left of it, when they're together, their record is pristine as a team, the whole team. And when one, even one of them is missing, whether it's Earl Thomas or Sherman or Cam Chancellor, everything starts to spin down and crumble out from there. Yeah, to, see, to lose Sherman, uh, and it certainly looks at this time like they have, his body language and all that uh, would be crushing for this team, already playing without Earl Thomas. And we'll see what happens to the Seahawks long-term. It really could be... Um, a crushing blow, just like all these other huge injuries. He's that much of an important part of that team. They did get the job done in this game. This was an interesting game in the sense that, well, it was a long game. Yes, it went on and on. And there were injuries. And Many. there were penalties. And, Many. And, and so it was just a sloppy game. I didn't think it would ever end. The Cardinals showed up to play. And I know the Cardinals are not a good team, and they're probably not going to be playing uh, meaningful January football. But they came to play, especially on defense. But at the end of the day, with Drew Stanton involved, and Chris Collinsworth did a nice job calling it out, um, he missed some throws. And if he just hits on some of these 
let's be honest, in this game, gimme throws for a quarterback, a, a, a proficient quarterback. This game might be totally different, but Stanton couldn't get the job done. And you wonder how much longer uh, Bruce Arians is going to go with it. I don't get why they don't put Blaine Gabbert, a more athletic quarterback who extends plays, who can do stuff with his feet. It's, it's, it's Blaine Gabbert, but it's not the Jacksonville Jaguars version of Blaine Gabbert. He's been much better. Uh, he looked great in the preseason. He certainly looked better than Drew Stanton. And, you know, so when you lose Richard Sherman, the Seahawks have Shaq Griffin, who looks very good, a young, good young rookie cornerback, and you've got Jeremy Lane. But how do we know tonight what that really means when you've got Stanton missing receivers right. by 10, 15 yards? It was an abysmal offensive performance. And bottom line, if, you're, if you have any shot, and it came last week for the Cardinals, you need Adrian Peterson, an aging running back, to unleash for you tonight 21 carries. 29 yards and a lost fumble on the very first possession that I think you just can't make those mistakes like that early against the Seahawks. He, it's, it's good that he got out of New Orleans because that just was a bad fit from day one. But he's just as awkward a fit in Arizona. I know he's had two good games, but in general, he's stuck on a bad team where he's supposed to be the bell cow of that offense. Now, and everything just kind of feels a little bit depressing about it. Um, so the Cardinals, they are what they are. I think you could stick a fork in him personally. Um, and we're going to see what's going to happen with the Seahawks, who, who again, got great play from Russell Wilson. I mean, that play that you heard at the top when he spun away from the pass rush, you get used to it with him, but that play in particular, it was so special. And then to find Doug Baldwin the way he did, that set up the score, the second touchdown to J Jimmy Graham, who, by the way, to me, now his, he's back in terms of, who are the best red zone tight ends in the NFL? I think you put him and Gronk 1-2, however order you want, probably Gronk 1. But I think Graham, in the past six games or so, is back to being that type of red zone threat. Yeah, they're using him that way. And in the second touchdown he had is what you used to see with the New Orleans Saints, where they would just allow him to go one-on-one -on -one with obviously a smaller cover man, and he would just rest the ball away. And like that, he was just pure power on that second touchdown. And what a win. The Seahawks could not have dropped tonight. They go to 6-3, and three, but listen to what's happening with their schedule. Next week is a Falcons team that we feel is vulnerable, and then you have the 49ers, so you say, oh, that schedule's easy, but then it goes to the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Rams, and the Cowboys, so it is a tough, it's sort of a playoff stretch drive for them right in the middle of November and December. Before we throw it back to the rest of the guys, including our friend Chris Wessling, who's with us, we're mm, very yes, excited. Yes, he is. I just want to say... Sometimes on these Thursday games, I'm in a car, I'm driving to the office. Uh, so instead of watching the CBS telecast, I'll be listening to, on my serious package, the local radio calls. Right. I was listening to the Cardinals local call on, uh, what is it, uh, MVP? KMVP, Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. You yeah. were doing the same thing. I was. We were listening in your to parking the same time, lot. yeah. And, uh, and Mark, I'll let you set this up because before we throw it to the guys, uh, Ron Wolfley is a king and we're going to oh, clip this one off. We will. And while Ron Wolfley, who, who I remember from when I was very much younger and he was a fullback for multiple teams, but one was the Browns. He had a famous quote. He said, if you need a yard... I'll get you a yard. And if you need three yards, I'll get you a yard. <laughs> like, he was not a prolific uh, running back. But tonight, Adrian Peterson, who's not a pass catcher, caught a ball out of the backfield and rumbled for a first down. And this, this was Ron Wolfley's interpretation. <laughs> Stanton back to throw. Short pass. It is caught by Peterson. And he gets a first down inside the 35, down to the 33. First of all, Peterson caught the ball, which is rare, but then he stayed in bounds, got 13 yards. How about that? He broke the tackle of Cam Chancellor, by the way. Shook him off. 
like a little winter snow on a sunlit, moonlit evening. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that was weird right there, wasn't it? Do you think? (laughs) I I I was listening to this in my my driveway, and I thought, you know, if we ever, if we're ever down a couple of uh, fellows on the podcast, he might fit right we in. Yeah, Wolfley. Hey, hey Lindsey Fulton, let's clip that off for top ten calls of the year on a mundane re- reception out of the backfield. <laughs> All right, enough of that. The Seahawks win, uh, but they also might have lost a key member of the Legion of Boom. So that's the big story on Thursday Night Football. Let's look ahead to the rest of Week Ten. Take it away, boys. Shook him off like a little winter snow on a sunlit, (laughs) moonlit evening. The Around the NFL podcast has twice as many heroes as Move the Sticks. You better believe it. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, and I mean it, Mark Sessler. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. I say, what's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hit me with it, Linz. Wes is back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and don't confuse this with Celebration by uh, Lionel Richie. This is only kind of like Celebration. It is a <laughs> poor man, poor man's version of uh, Cool in the Gang Celebration. Oh, Cool in the Gang. Thank you. That was more in your 70s wheelhouse. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was called facts. Yeah, those were your, your teen years. Also, by the way, we have we don't have double uh, more than Move the Sticks heroes. They don't have any heroes. Right. We have infinity. Well, right. What is, not two, what is two times zero? zero? I, I was going to not say anything, but yeah. We, that's took what care, we took care of that for you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Wes, welcome back to the show. It's been too long. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, I cleared up a few things with our HR department, and I hope to be back on on a fairly regular basis now. Voice is sounding crisp. Good. I lose it on chemotherapy days, but it's been bouncing back without injections, so that's that's progress. I know the I know the listeners will probably be wondering, and they've certainly asked us. So, just how how are you feeling in general? How's how's it going right now? I feel great today. This has been a good week. Uh, as rough as it has been physically with the chemotherapy, I think mentally it's been even more rough. It's just been the walls closing in with the cabin fever and no no structure or, or, or routine without mm. without working and, and podcasting. It's just been a total inability to put on any weight. I, I weigh now what I weighed probably when I was a sophomore in high school, and it's just it's been hard. It, it, it's been, as Dusty Rhodes would say, Big C's putting hard times on Chris West. <laughs> well, your beard looks great. It hasn't gotten in the way of that. I mean, that's a manly looking beard you got. It's, it's quite gray. I wasn't sure it was going to be this gray when I started. <laughs> um, yeah, Wes is with us. And, you know, it's always great when the four horsemen are all together, to use another wrestling term of the past. I just saw that Ric Flair for the 30 for 30. Uh, I saw that too. Lindsay Fulton, you're a big wrestling fan. Did you check out the Ric Flair 30 for 30? Of course I did. What would you think about it? I mean, it was great, but it was also kind of sad. It was a little I mean, overly sad. Yeah, it was really sad that it, his life just ended up in such a dark place, and it seems like he's still, you it, know, he supposedly had it all, and it still was never enough. It's a, lot, ca- a lot of wrestlers have very ugly fates. Right, but Flair, it, Flair was like the number. It was like if West never left Tybee Island, that you would have been <laughs> Ric Flair, basically. I, I would say the saddest part for me, and his son dying was sad, and a lot of things. But the fact that a 70-year-old man has the 
outlook still of like a sophomore in high school and what he prioritizes right. mm. and the macho kind of posturing that he puts out to the world. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. But we're not here to talk about Ric Flair, who is a legend. Uh, uh, but we have so much to get to today. You heard at the top of the show, a little Seahawks Cardinals Thursday night football, a little uh, Sess and Zeus edition. How exciting that was. But we got a lot to get to. Uh, only four teams on by this week down from six. So that's a good thing. I'm not even going to do the math because I got so used to doing the six math and I felt confident I'm not going to ruin it by trying to do the four math. <laughs> Don't frazzle your mind. Exactly. Uh, yes. But uh, so, so many games to get to. So let's get to it and we'll start. I'll usually pull back the old Kurt. Ton. Usually I like to go in order of the game. So the early games, then into the late afternoon games. Let's go left to right on NFL.com if you ever so- wanted to find out. Absolutely. The Sunday night game and then the Monday night football game. Uh, But we're going to move up one of the late games. Cowboys at Falcons. And why? Why are we going to do that? Because we have more, ever more news on Ezekiel Elliott, uh, who has now been suspended, unsuspended, suspended, unsuspended, suspended, unsuspended, (laughs) and now suspended once more. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Thursday denied Zeke Elliott and the uh, Players Union's request for an injunction pending appeal in Elliott's case. The running back uh, is now set to begin serving that six-game ban Sunday against the Falcons. Tom Pelissero reported uh, this almost certainly, this is what we're being told again. Almost, and Mark will give us more of a detailed look at it because he taught Gabe Feldman everything he knows. <laughs> I, the, I literally was <laughs> terrified when I thought you were going to throw this legal brief to me. Uh, almost certainly keeps Elliott off the field for the next six games, and he would not be eligible to return till Christmas Eve. How about that for you people uh, that are more uh, not into the whole uh, Jesus thing? That's December 24th. <laughs> Thoughts, everybody. Well, there is an appeal set to be argued on Stop it. December 1st. Stop it! And so I asked for clarification on whether that means he's certainly suspended, you know, until then. And my, the answer I got back is he is suspended until he's not, which is, which is ominous. <laughs> but it really sounds like, yes, at the very least, he's suspended until December 1st. And the expectation is that he's going to serve these six games. Why in a an appeal now. on December 1st? I'm sure it's a court system or snafu, but. I mean, I know that the courts uh, obviously. It's only two weeks. We dealt with right. Kathy F, who went on vacation, delaying the first. Beautiful uh, Mount Terry Lodge. That's All response. you have to bring is your love for everything. But I mean, you have to be somewhat in lockstep, whether you're at Mount Terry Lodge or you send it off to another judge to be with the with the NFL timeline here, December first. <laughs> I can't figure it out. I don't know. It's annoying. It's a really bad look for the NFL uh, in terms of. Uh, they're all they're trying to do is get this stuff figured out. And, you know, you have all the issues that have led uh, with Jerry Jones being upset off this. It's a big mess. And they just want to, everyone. If you're a football fan, you just want this decided one way or the other. Right. Nobody likes this. Well, it, it I'm sure the NFL's league office would disagree. But I thought the NFL would have been better off as a sport if they had suffered the legal setback on Thursday and found out that this the can had been kicked until the offseason. Right. Because this season's been defined by great players being taken off the field. Mm, and doesn't true. mean that he doesn't deserve to be suspended. That's a separate argument. It's just that now this season's going, this Cowboys team is kind of rolling, and it's another player who's going to be taken off the field. For instance, on Sunday night football, 
uh, a Ugh. week after this for Eagles Cowboys. Poor Al, Chris, and Michelle. They can't catch a break this year. I think the lesson that the NFL has learned over this season and maybe with the flake, it is the attention has to be on the field. After the last couple of years, the attention from fans has to be on the field. And let's put the attention on the field here and, and get to the Cowboys week 10 game uh, because they're playing. And let's not forget ex- extremely well uh, over the past three weeks out of there by uh, beating everybody up by at least 10 points. And they were basically looked like the best version of the Cowboys last year. And now uh, they travel to Atlanta and they're facing a Falcons team that just cannot get its act together. Another tough loss last week. Um, so let's start with you, Mark, on this. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys now? Alfred Morris, we're hearing, is the first man up, but hardly is that's not the end game there. I think they're going to give everyone a look. The Falcons have a much better shot now, don't they? Well, I mean, you're taking the best player that Dallas has on offense off the field. It looks like they own, They might also not have Tyron Smith at left tackle, which is a big loss as well for an offensive line that has really gelled over the past month. They look like last year's Cowboys. Dez is beat up too. Dez is beat up too. It sounds like he will play, but the defense as well, which it was so easy in August to dismiss Dallas because of the assumption that the defense would collapse. You have Demarcus Lawrence. David Irvin has been on fire since he's returned. The pass rush is for real. They're giving up much less points per game. They're they're able now to control the game on offense, but that was with Ezekiel Elliott too. So it's a, it does throw the whole game into a bit of a blender situation. But this Falcons team, to me, part of their problem is they can't get out of their own way. They just can't get out of their own way. And I don't know if, it, if this, I see this game that differently than I would have before the Zeke announcement. Hmm. I think before their Super Bowl run, my biggest complaint with the Falcons was they had no backbone on defense. They could not stiffen against the run when they needed to. And they're back. You know, they signed on Terry Poe. They're supposed to have all these speedy linebackers now. And they're back to where they were. They cannot stop running games. And They're be, worse, I would argue, this season, it, which is crazy yeah. with such a young, promising team. Yeah. And this would be a good matchup because I think over the last month with Kareem Hunt cooling off and Leonard Fournette missing games, Zeke has been right there with Le'Veon Bell as the best running backs in the NFL. Hmm. And Tyron Smith's a huge loss. Now, Tyron Smith has not been probably at his top level this year, I think, because he's been playing through this injury. But that that's a huge loss. That changes them because I think it's such a terrible matchup for Atlanta because of what you said, because the Cowboys can just lean on such a lightweight group. That's how the, the Patriots beat them was just six offensive linemen really playing power football, and they took care of them. Now, you know, maybe without Tyron Smith, without Zeke Elliott, like – you know, I don't think they've been a, a terrible team, the, the Falcons. They just can't finish out games. But the difference is the Cowboys, I think, win this game because they are more balanced. I think they're a better team than they were a year ago. Like a week ago, they only gave up – they only scored once in their first five possessions, and they were still leading at that point. Like the Cowboys' offense was not playing well, and yet they were holding the very good Chiefs' offense down. And I don't think – uh, the Cowboys team from a year ago ever would have done. That's all past tense, though, because they're a different team without Ezekiel Elliott. And we talked in our last episode, we, we four teams. I nominated the Falcons because I just don't think they have it this year. You would think with their backs against the wall at home against the Cowboys team without Zeke Elliott, they would rise up. I don't think it's going to happen. I think their the schedule is Yeah, their schedule they go to is Seattle. rough. They go to Seattle next week, so they're going to have to beat one of these two. This is kind of the 2016 superpowers all facing off against each other in the next couple of weeks. Nice sell, bro. All right, moving on. Let us move. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I just... I mean... It was a nice job by Greg. Okay. Nice sell. 
Let's move on. New Orleans. I'm the snake oil salesman of the NFL. <laughs> Whenever they get in danger, they just lean on Greg. All right, let's move on. Talk about, ooh, the hottest team in football. Maybe the Cowboys are playing the best any, of any team heading into this week, but the Saints, mm. now winners of six in a row, uh, travel to Orchard Park to face the Buffalo Bills, who uh, Chris Wessling did not look uh, like they had their act together. Uh, against the Jets on Thursday night football. They get a mini buy now to get right at home, uh, but they're facing a Saints team that's for real, or are they? Your thoughts, Wes? I bought in on the Saints. They're for real. I think with their defense, you can say how much of it is the luck of the draw when four out of the five... <laughs> Greg's four, dancing. I've never heard Wes uh, buy in on the Saints. I like this. Four out of their fa- past five games are against Cutler, Hundley, Trubisky, <laughs> and an in- injured Jameis Winston. So I calm down on anointing their defense, but their offense is for real. I, I know Move the Sticks has already... Uh, he's already paid attention to their draft class, but credit to... Sean Payton and, and Mickey Loomis, who has been a whipping boy on this podcast, two of the best free agent Shot signings have been Ted Ginn and, and Alex Okafor. Mm. Ginn has been a revelation, and Alvin Kamara has been everything Christian McCaffrey was hyped to be and more. Right. I, if you did the draft again today, who's getting taken first, Kamara or McCaffrey? I think it's Kamara. I think I guess that's obvious. Is that obvious? What more could you want from Kamara? We just talked about the Falcons. And Freeman and Coleman last year had about 2,500 yards and 24 TDs. Mm. Ingram and Kamara are on pace for 2,700 yards right. from scrimmage. They, they are both on pace for more than 1,300 yards apiece and eight or ten touchdowns apiece, which is wild. And, you know, here's a name that I don't know. Maybe he wasn't even around when the, around the NFL podcast started. It's been a while. Jeff Ireland. That's the guy who's wow. actually supposedly okay. the one making the picks here. Scratch the Mickey Loomis line. Yeah, because Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Loomis is off signing. So Mickey, close, Mickey. Mickey Cousins or I don't well, know. He cannot, hanging out at Smoothie King. He cannot earn points on this podcast no matter what he, <laughs> he does. Came, but he came so close today. So close. I mean, I look at this Bills team. They're at home. That's fine. Gave up 194 <laughs> yards to the Jets last week. That's fine. On the ground. It's fine that they're home. Well, no, because it's I, I gotcha. they haven't lost at home, and that's that. I think that's a nice advantage for them to not have to go into the Superdome. But they, they what they were dominated by the Jets at the line of scrimmage in a game a that I think game. going in people would have said I thought the Bills looked like one of the best coach teams in the NFL going into Thursday night football. It, maybe it's just a, an aberration. It was a one week thing that seems to happen in today's NFL. But I thought it was for me a, a red flag on the Bills. I lose the way they did to the Jets. I think that the Jets dominated them. There's no doubt uh, in that game. I wonder. I I don't know if I believe always in the the idea of a trap game, but if it, if there is such thing as a trap game in a short week, I kind of think it could have happened. I don't think that was a, a total indictment of the Bills. More of like a bad week. Red flag. Uh, everyone Just down. Like a, little a little red flag. Little concerned. These teams are weirdly similar. It's a lopsided matchup. The Saints are clearly better. I was going to lock it up, but Ooh. I have a role in the lock game because I respect it so much these days. Thank you, buddy. It's a good. It's a good segment. The lockup segment. Oh, you're in. Yeah, I'm. I'm you're all the way I'm, in. I'm now. in but I love it. One of my top rules is you never pick against the Bills in Buffalo. And you know what? There's a good reason for that because they're very good at home. And I'll tell you another thing. The old Zeuser, since you brought it up, is on the doorstep of history. Mark Sessler has the record for seven straight locks. In a row, closing out last regular season. Zeuser's at six in a row. He's put serious distance uh, between the field. And Wes, I'll tell you what. 
I thought it was an aberration in the Meadowlands last week. I still like this Bills team. I respect the Saints and think they're a good team, but I think they're due for a loss, and I know the Bills are pissed after what happened in Jersey. They go home, and they take care of business, and that's why I'm locking it up. All right, well, let me say one thing. This hype job about the fact that my streak was ended because the regular season ended. That's the only thing that ended my lock streak. Well, didn't we do the playoffs? I, I like that no one was paying quiet any down. attention to this. I am going to reverse lock it up <laughs> for lock, the Saints. We're going at each other. Your streak is going to end now. Your thoughts on Wes saying he didn't take the Saints out of respect for the lock I respect Wes. I'm making my own decision here. <laughs> wow. It's a lock-off. Lock-off. I, I like that no one... Let's have a lock-off. How are we not aware of this streak or anything last year? I have to no. say, until it was tweeted during the middle, I, I yes. don't remember winning two times in a row right. last year. So, like, I, apparently, yeah. I went back and looked I, that, that I was ahead in the locks last year. I guess I finished ahead, but that was... We never... Well, you reported that, that we were awful last year, and then I found no, out no, that I won year, seven in a row, so... You don't remember that, Greg, because you don't remember anything. I remember specifically that, Greg, Mark, you were doing very poorly in the locks last season and then caught on fire. fire. I don't don't remember remember if we did playoff locks, though. I don't remember that. This is like baseball in 1858. Nobody bothered to keep stats yet, and the pitchers were still throwing (laughs) underhanded. So that's why we didn't know. It it all is, once again, Greg trying to dress down the segment because he's performed so poorly this season. I was just bringing up that I I just thought it was (laughs) noticeable that when the hosts started doing well, the records were brought up. No one's brought up that technically I was the defending champion. Well, you 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 do a nice job of making us aware of your successes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's calm down with that a little bit. Let's move on and talk about the Green Bay. You could still get back in it. There's still no. I I already told you we're we're rebuilding for next year. I know you're Mike Shanahaning it, but we're we're trading away picks and we're thinking about the draft. (laughs) What a disgrace! Moving on. (laughs) That's absurd. The Green Bay Packers are four and four. They've lost three straight. They look dead in the water without Aaron Rodgers. Sad to say, but it's true. Now they travel to Chicago. The Bears coming off a bye week. Uh, Two offenses that do not uh, move the ball, not explosive at all. Greg, give us a reason uh, why you want to check this game out. Because I think Mitchell Trubisky coming off a bye week, maybe we'll be giving a few more responsibilities. He did throw the ball a little more at the end of the Saints game with to some good effect. I liked when they did a hurry up. I think when you watch the Bears, they do have a little bit of an identity up front. Akeem Hicks has been one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Leonard Floyd's pretty frisky. Eddie Goldman, uh, my Jewish brother, also very good at nose tackle. Like the, They've got something to them, and I don't know what the Packers have. So they've got a little something. Next. You know what I say to the Packers? Welcome to Earth, Green Bay. The last time that the Bears faced like that, an edge the last time the Bears wait, wait, faced wait, wait, the wait. Packers. Well, slow down, slow down, Mark. First of all, you do have an edge to you, and I like it. The pause for effect was nice there. I liked it. Thank you for the broadcasting <laughs> kudos. Let me tell you something. This is how these Packers fans, they want to talk about their bone-crushing playoff losses, all the heartbreak. I am exhausted by it from head to toe. The last time they faced the Bears, who haven't had a quarterback in a million years, with anyone other than Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers was week 15 of 1990 effing one. And the quarterback, Mike Tomzak, a Bears retread. Yeah. You've had it easy. And now you're finding out that when you don't have Aaron Rodgers and you have to go win games with someone that's just come off, basically Brett Hundley barely played, suddenly everyone's on the coach. They're all over the defensive coordinator. The team looks human. And suddenly Packers fans are panicking. I tweeted- Welcome to how one third right. of the league feels all the time. 
I tweeted that on Monday night because there seemed to be a sentiment out there on Twitter. It was like, oh, I feel so bad for Packers fans that have to watch us. Are you kidding me? Come back to us. This is fine. You can you could swallow this medicine and wallow in misery. And then when week one comes around next year, you got the best quarterback in the planet on your team again, just like you've had excitement for decades. Just deal with it. Take your medicine. We're up, Peter Pan. Wow. I mean, I think they. I think it's fair for Packers fan to miss the most exciting player in the league or the, one of the best players. Yeah, but it's a shame. Just, there's the a fine was, line. That's all. But Dan and I are coming I from a place of holy anger. Yes. <laughs> Once you dropped the Mike Tomzak line, I knew we were in deep, <laughs> deep trouble. But this is an awful matchup, too. Because, yes, it is. I mean, Greg mentioned Akeem Hicks, whom you can find on. My midseason all pro team. Oh yeah, NFL.com slash. Great job. All pro teams. Matt Harmon and I kind of he did next gen stats. I did some film and we compared. Mm-hmm. That's cute. But Akeem Hicks made the team. The outside of the Jaguars. I mean, Wes had more vanity URLs from home than than any of us had here. <laughs> Pulling that off. <laughs> yeah. Thank Ali Von Purry. Um, let's move on. The Cleveland Browns. Hold on. Oh. Outside of the Jaguars. <laughs> yes. The Bears have the best pass defense in football. Wow. With Floyd coming off the edge, Hicks wreaking havoc. They have a ball-hawking secondary. To the extent that... Oh! I'm locking it up! The Bears beat Brett <laughs> Hundley, who stares at the pass rush and doesn't look down the field. He's got happy feet. He's seeing ghosts in the pocket. And the Bears' defense is going to swallow it. All right. If the Bears oh. have a really good pass rush, uh, that means the Packers are in trouble because that man holds the ball. Young yes, Hundley. Uh, let's move on. All right. Wow. We got a lot of locks early and we wait with bated breath. What will Greg come up with? I have to do that. Greg, we get it. I mean, Greg, you Greg you're segment. tanking. This might no, be no. a good game for you to lock up okay. in one way or another. I also like the idea of Greg tanking. He'll probably start getting some right. Yeah, so that's what that's I'm good. saying. It'll be a good thing. All right. Moving on. The Cleveland Browns 0-8. Uh, and now they travel to Detroit. To face a Lions team that once again getting people excited with that effort in Green Bay. Yes, no Aaron Rodgers, but that offense, Mark, looked pretty saucy. Yes, it did. And if you're the Browns, I just I don't see how you come out of this game with a chance to win. Uh, watching what happened with Detroit on Monday night, uh, that was the night, correct? Monday night? Yes, it, yes, was. it was. Days ago, it's a it's all a haze to me. But I mean, I do think Cleveland recent weeks has shown a little bit of strength on defense. They get Miles Garrett back. I don't think it's enough on any level, though. Matthew Stafford is playing the best football I feel like we've seen in years and years from him. Maybe ever. Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. I, there's no way to shut this thing down. If they continue on the pace, if, if what happened after their buy and who they are the last couple weeks is who they're going to be down the stretch in terms of the air game, I think they're very dangerous. Golden Tate and Marvin Jones on pace for 1,000 yards. And yet they disappear so often. They've been not Tate, not as much this year. Tate's having a great season. It's like every, and this was, I think Will Brinson said it on Twitter. That he's like, now he's the most underrated receiver in the league. It's like every three or four years, Golden Tate just becomes the most underrated receiver in the league again. It's like a poor man's Percy Harvin. Um, Mark, it was, oh, that's, wow. that's rude. How about like a poor, he's had a much better <laughs> okay, career than How Bruce. about a, a more reliable, but less, uh, I don't know, spectacular version of Percy Harvin? All right. You'll give him that? I mean, uh, how about a poor uh, well? Man? Given this, he can stay on the poor field. Poor man, Heinz Ward. Percy Harvin would play every one and one every twenty six game or something. And the, the Browns got some players to watch. You, you were excited. You think maybe they might make a little run here when they get Gordon and, and no, Coleman I don't. Back. But I, they got. I said, I said in a in a way that in, in a, to, to mess up what could be that they will probably allow two or three teams to pick ahead of them if they won one or two late season affairs that are meaningless in the end. You got Njoku. You got little uh, Miles Garrett back in the mix. There are teams I enjoy watching less than the Browns. Let's put it that way. 
I I did a really? little. That doesn't do much like for the Browns. Of them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Forty Niners. I was tooling Giants. around um, PFF yesterday. Miami. The lowest ranked uh, player on the Browns is Jamie Collins, according to Chris Collinsworth PFF. What have you seen from him? I mean, I see the whole defense, you know. But him specifically, I, I that jumped that, out to me. I, I, he's not jumped out as doing something special, but I, I, to be honest, like the Browns are a team that I don't think Jamie Collins alone can save, and he certainly doesn't seem like that's where he's at his, in his career to begin with. All right, let's move on. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-2. and two. They lead the AFC North. Uh, they are coming off a bye. All good news for the Steelers, and they're riding a three-game winning streak. And now, Chris Wessling, they get the Colts, who um, – just, by the way, cut Vontae Davis, who was their best cover corner of the last few years, was having a down year. Obviously, he was, had fallen out with the team. Needs groin surgery, I believe, but they cut him right before the groin surgery. Just an ugly There was an argument over whether he yeah. was hurt or not. Yeah. Right. Whatever it is. They wash their hands. Now they're going, what was at one time their number one corner. So things keep on getting more and more grim for the Colts. Steelers feel like they're in a great spot here, right? Well, you're playing against the Colts team without their – quarterback one, without their running back two, without their best guard, without their best defensive end, without their best outside linebacker, without their best cornerback, and without their two best safeties. So That's outrageous. You're getting a already bad Colts team, which is depleted by injuries, and the Steelers have the most talented roster in football. Henry Anderson, who's probably been their best defensive lineman, went out for the season. What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> well, Chris, you gotta, you gotta it, dig in a little deeper this offseason. It's been tough for Chris Ballard. They are literally... Free of their entire 2016 starting lineup on defense. Nice. They have no defenders. That's a good thing. Le- I guess, but no, they would like Henry Anderson and Vontae Davis, for instance, to be playing in this game because, you know, those are NFL players. And I don't know. They don't have that many. I, think, I mean, I take Jabal Sheard. He's been good. Your boy, John Simon, might be back. He's been injured, yeah. This is the type of spot, though, that Pittsburgh's found a way to blow. And Jacoby Brissett's playing pretty well last. Not this time, I don't think. I think what happens here and this is this has been a chaotic season and an especially chaotic week or two for the Colts. On top of the stuff you mentioned, there's whispers that ownership and Andrew Luck are not eye to eye at this point. How do you point. mess this up? Well, I think number 1, I think when they brought back Chuck Pagano, that was a let's try to keep continuity. Let's try to keep this thing going, and that might have been the mistake right there for me. You go, you let's say they get whitewashed by the Steelers here. They go three and seven into their bye. I think Pagano's gone. It seems like also Pagano is maybe a flawed coach, and maybe he should have been gone last year. It, you could go all the way to the top of the chain in Indianapolis. I think when you're looking for problems and what's going on with this franchise and how Luck was both handled and both how he, the message about Luck was communicated with the media, it's just been a bad look all the way around for that franchise. This defense, this Colts defense, no team in the league is giving up bigger pass plays than them. And I think what we saw from Juju Smith-Schuster, you've also never had a Steelers rookie receiver out 200-yard games in a row. Maybe that happens. If, if he's a major factor each week, which he was obviously on their last game before the bye, like that changes their offense. That would be a big deal for them. Also, Martavis Bryant taking first-team snaps again. So, I mean, if you can get Martavis Bryant even close to what he was two years ago. I think they're the best team in football right now. The that Eagle, would be my pick. The Eagles hmm. would give you a pretty good argument. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Eagles, but, but two teams from PA. And I think the Pittsburgh's, I know they're not, they're a different type of offense now, but I think they're kind of overdue for one of those games where Big Ben fills up the stat sheet and has a, 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 a total wipeout. We might of be team. very close to that happening. I think it's happening on Sunday. Let's move on. The Los Angeles Chargers, uh, their three-game winning streak was snapped last week uh, in New England, and now 
they get the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, Greg Rosenthal. Mm. Uh, very, very good matchup uh, for the Jags. It, it is. I, you know, I did the studying and the analytics, and I came up with that this is, in fact, my 10 a.m. game of the week that I'm going <laughs> to request to cover from David Ely. Is that sponsored by anyone? And we're looking for a sponsor. The game actually was going to be Wait, covered. It, Unfortunately, Mark had... It typically requires Mark to have to shift gears, no. change his Sunday responsibilities well, to appease okay. Greg. See, now you're, <laughs> to appease my former boss and my current boss. Now you're playing... Now they're you're, all getting in each other's faces. Now you're playing, I don't care what game I cover. You're playing for the cameras here <laughs> because the I, cameras. I heard that from David Ely. I was like, oh, hey, I want to cover this game. He's like, because Mark... Mark already has that. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll take it. And then I picked a different game. It wasn't that big a deal. It's not when for you the heard cameras, that story, you were like, oh, please take because it. Because I don't want to come on it. this show what, and hear about it. Look what Machiavelli did. I know. He, did, he didn't get Jags Chargers, so he goes, I'll take the Browns, knowing that Mark is a Browns fan. We all know and, what you're doing, Greg. And, and I win, Mark, you guys what is, it is dangerously transparent. You give a little <laughs> too much credit on that front. I was excited to watch a little Lions-Browns. Um, about this game, by the way, and the Sorry. Jaguars, it's a great this spot a great game. for a a great defense, a historically great defense. Potentially, if things continue the way they've been, uh, all their all their stats are incredible across the board. Um, Jalen Ramsey, by the way, um, I just want to hit on this. this is from last week, of course, uh, the AJ Green fight uh, where they went at it and they both got kicked out of the game. I have very rarely, or it's been a long time, uh, maybe you have to go back to Steve Smith and Akib Talib, ice up, son, for a player to just so devastate uh, another member uh, or a. a colleague the way it was done by Jalen Ramsey. Let's listen to his thoughts on A.J. Green. I lock receivers down um, physically and then mentally I get in their mind, um, get under their skin. I talk, I talk my talk, um, whatever I'm going to say. Uh, it's, it's rumors out there that I said like some, some deep, some personal stuff. I'm going to let y'all know that's not true off rip. Um, yeah, I'm, I get out there. I, I do my thing. I talk. But I, I don't go personal. I don't talk about nobody wife, nobody kids, nobody family. I don't do that. Um, so that's that's untrue. That's not true at all. I think he even said that, though. It was nothing that I said. It, okay, um, go ahead. We got it, buddy. I didn't say nothing. Got it. Go. Nothing like that. But I, you feel me? I told him I told him almost every play that he was weak, that he was soft, <laughs> that demonstrate facts. He just couldn't handle the truth. It was facts. Um, told him that his time almost up. Uh, told him that it was easy. Which it was. He had one catch for six yards. Uh, I was just out there spitting facts to him. So <laughs> he, he got mad. Um, and then people trying to talk about the push. I mean, I pushed him every single play. We can go back and look at the film. I pushed I him every single play. I can listen to this right now. Yeah, I want him to host the podcast. It's a run play. Don't even put your hand on me. So he put his hand on me. I pushed him again. He just fell because he weak. I mean, he's small. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a late push. It was during the whistle. Uh, the whistle hadn't blown yet. Um, I wasn't going to get flagged for that push because it was during the play. The flags did no flag came out until he grabbed me. Uh, y'all can go back and look at that on the tape, too. So it wasn't dirty. It wasn't a cheap shot. It was none is this of that. A lot longer, this, is, this is like <laughs> a filibuster <laughs> in action. What is happening? Is he almost done? It was what it was. <laughs> not halfway done. He's about halfway done? Day, I, I mean, it. all right, we, yeah. can, we, uh, we, we get it, right? I don't know. We, yeah. I mean, I'd listen to like a monologue every right. night from Jalen Ramsey. I'd make him one of the late night hosts if, if he could always bring that fire. I got right. my fill, but the, I'll the say this now, guy backs The show's now over. We will see you next week. But, I mean, A.J. Green is – he is a brand name, and when you call him soft and weak – I mean, that is, that's some real fire to drop on a player. But Jalen Ramsey, I guess uh, that's the way he balls, and it works, I guess. It's like Michael Jordan-level psychosis 
on taking a man's manhood away from him. Yeah, what do you do if you're AJ Green when you hear that? Cause you can't do anything. It's not like basketball or whatever where you get another chance in a couple of weeks. It's just you got to sit on that, and that's somebody messing with your reputation. Maybe not the kids, maybe not your wife, your girlfriend, or whatever. But that's your reputation when you're saying the guy's soft and. We well, also said his career him. is over and he's at the end, and he's like leading the league in receiving. So, right. I think you can take some of it, some of it with a grain well, yeah. grain of salt. Yeah, he's backing it up. This defense is. I look at this. I wonder if this could be the beginning for Jacksonville, where they start to take off in the South, stack and, some wins. Because after this, you have the after this Chargers game, you have the Browns, Cardinals, and Colts, hmm. and down the road. You've got the Texans and 49ers. The Texans have been stripped to literally nothing. So I, the, Jacksonville just has to handle their own business. They're dealing with a Chargers team that cannot stop the run. That's their strength. I do like what's, what Los Angeles did in the second half against the Patriots on defense. There were missed field goals by Guskowski, but New England was held to six points. Drives were stalled, and it gave the offense a chance to win. But they're an incomplete team. Like, we've been waiting for the Jaguars to break out. Like, you know, we kind of joked how they're the offseason. It's like, this is it. For years. It's happening. It's happened. They've won five games by a minimum of 16 points. They. This is the team. It's here. Blake Bortles is being managed closely enough. I don't think he's playing great, but he's, he's a little more accurate and repeatable on short passes. And they have the best defense in the league. Like, it's... It's, it's here. We've got the Jaguars' breakout season. Like, they're winning 10 or 11 games. They're well, let's going see. To play they're still they're on go- a two-game winning streak for the first time this season. So they got to stack some wins here. I am not personally going to buy into Blake Bortles. But, I'm not either. But I think for the first time in two years, a reasonable Jaguars fan can get his hopes up a little bit and think that Bortles might not single-handedly sink the ship because he's improved a little bit. He's got better mechanics. He gets rid of the ball faster. He's more elusive in the pocket. He doesn't take sacks, and he eliminates his mistakes. Compared to what he was doing in the first month of the season, I think he's shown some improvement. One thing that jumped out to me watching their Cincinnati game was they were up 23-7 in the fourth quarter, and Bortles was throwing the ball, which I thought was a little sign that maybe Doug Roan has a little bit more trust in him than maybe earlier in the Team, season. Teams are begging them to. Even when it was yeah. Chris Ivory in the backfield, just the way they're lining up and the lack of talent they have out wide, they're begging him to. Yeah, but that's gonna. this is the game, though, where Bosa and Ingram have a they, – they could very well send Bortles back – regressing for a few weeks. Right. And I think that the Chargers showed some things offensively overall getting a little bit better. It's a really interesting match. I mean, Jaguars fans have not been in first place this late or two games over 500 this late since 2004. Like that's a that's a long time. They probably haven't even been in second place. I was say, people are trusting the Jaguars. You're hearing it in the studio right now. They could lose this win game. Win this though. game though. Win this game. Yeah, they could lose this. At home, you're a better team. Win the game. Let's move on. Oh, it's the Fitzpatrick Bowl in Tampa. The four and five New York Jets coming off uh, that impressive win over the Bills uh, on Thursday night football. They get the mini buy, and now they get the Bucks, who are riding a five game losing streak. They are without their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, who's been shut down with that shoulder injury, without Mike Evans, who's been suspended uh, for his cheap shot against Lattimore in New Orleans, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who uh, is a notable figure in Jets history, led them to that. Um, listen, if you're a Jets fan, it was a magical 10-5 and record before it all fell apart in Buffalo on the last day of the season. They signed him, uh, and then he had a miserable 2016 season, and then both sides could not get away from each other soon enough. So I wouldn't say it's nasty blood, but the way it ended and the way the contract talks went, things kind of went south. So this will be an interesting game. And Mark, uh, with the Jets, never look past anybody, uh, and including uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks at this state. 
Uh, no, but I, I want to say what I mentioned on our on our Pick'em hit, and someone else can say when Pick'em airs. I never have any idea. It's three times on Saturday. Saturday DVR it. It's also Sunday at 6 a.m. You can find it. You'll just, find it. Just put up the old guide and press record. It's out there. But, I mean, we this game to me is the symbol of we spend four, five, six months in the offseason convincing ourselves of things without games being played. And it's a dangerous hobby. And it's why I think a football... It's an even more dangerous profession. It is. That's why I think a lot of times football reporters in the old days would go cover a different sport. Because sitting around and talking about a sport when it's not being played for six months, you're connecting hot air dots that mean nothing. It's a little bit ridiculous. And the Jets and the Bucks are the, are the absolute symbol of that to me because we all talk about the Bucks as this NFC darling that was going to bloom into a playoff flower, win the division potentially, go maybe even to the NFC title game. Oh, and then there's the Jets that told us all summer long, we're not tanking. Stop saying that about us. Coaches said it. GM said it. Matt Forte, 10 other players said it. Everyone just laughed them off because that's the power we have. And then they're about to go 5-5 five and five if they take Tampa Bay out. You mean Chris Wessling specifically, right? We all nonsense. We all thought the Jets well, were going had quite at a lot best. of fun at Todd Bowles' expense. Oh, I just I still maintain he was lying. He was lying through his teeth. Of course they were rebuilding. Uh, he 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 said we are not rebuilding. We're trying they to are. win games. And guess what? They're four and five and playing to get back to five hundred. We uh, are know, all equally guilty for assuming that they were tank job material that was going to win at best one or two games. People talking about the worst offense ever. We all had it wrong. I can't go find someone that said they'd be five and five. Well, your at this point, point is great. And and the Jets, everyone counted out the Bucks. Were some people are talking about top of the NFC type thing? This is like the reversal bowl. Bingo. The reverse and the Fitzpatrick bowl. But I also so think balls. like our predictive value from now moving forward is just as bad as it would be in the offseason. We're frauds. Now we have everything right. We are frauds. No, everything is set going. Forward. And I and I think at this point the Bucks. Kind of like the Giants. I mean, when you they have absolutely nothing going for them where you don't question an effort, but there's obviously a, just a stink where it's all bad, where even the players that are on the field that we thought would be good, a lot of them aren't. You know, like Quan Alexander, maybe he's not 100%, but he's not the same guy. Like Noah Spence isn't really doing a lot. Like, they, they have, like Brent Grimes hasn't been on the field. They don't really have anything that you look at. You're playing Peyton Barber at running back. There's no Mike Evans this week. I, I was thinking pretty hard that I, I should lock this game up for the Jets. And then, I see, I, you guys are in my head. Then I thought you were going <laughs> to say that I'm just being a stinky Davis and trying to do some sort of reverse thing. So I'm backing off of that. But I really would be surprised wow. if the Jets don't win this it's game. Like Dan's Jalen Ramsey and you're you've, you've confused me. You've confused me at you're this You're soft. Point. You're near the end. Um, <laughs> and by the way, the ATN subreddit, which everyone should sign up around the NFL, they are now doing a lock of the week collectively. Good for them. And they decided that the Jets were the lock of the week. And all I can say is... Be careful, because this yeah. franchise has made a living for the past 40 years of blowing games just like this. The Bucks fans are probably under the radar because they won that that Super Bowl out of nowhere as some tortured fans because they had a pretty bad stretch for a while. And then you forget, you know who the starting quarterback was the last time they were in the playoffs? It was Sims, I believe. Chris Sims? I, it was Jeff Garcia, I believe. Was oh, there, I thought Sims like, played that season, at least. So they had like fact, three quarters. Jeff, might have been Sims and Garcia. Jeff Garcia started a playoff game for every team in the NFL. <laughs> right, so it's like, that's that's, an, that's insane. That's insane. As much as I enjoyed your uh, detailed dissection of eating the W the other day. Yes. James Winston is on my radar for a, for a different reason. Mm. Tell us why, Wes. Well, the, the La Reveal Magnifico from yes. last week, the Rat Boy move, the Weasel move. Yeah, yeah. 
to go up and poke somebody in the back of the head. You know, every draft, these Nolan Narakis coming out of the woodwork with, uh, with the uh, – Naraki bomb. With the unnamed GM or scout calling people an Eddie Haskell. Jameis Winston and Eddie Haskell. I don't even know what that means. It's from uh, Leave it's it to Leave Beaver. It's a Leave the Beaver reference. Eddie Haskell was a kid when other parents were around. He was on his best behavior. But then he'd be a weasel all the other times. And when nobody's watching, Jameis Winston is a weasel. And this goes back to his Florida State days. By the way, my uh, wow. Keith Hans' favorite show growing up, Leave it to Beaver. So I've seen many, many episodes. And if you want to get at somebody who's being a Stinky Davis that's where Eddie Haskell, that's, that's the same vein of DNA. Similar, exactly. Yeah. They come but from now the I'm same real, lineage. I'm now really glad I didn't lock this up or else I would have been thrown in with <laughs> these ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on. Well, I'm with you 100%. Yep. I'm not writing him off. He's still going to have a good career. I just think he's got some, he's got some stinky Davis in him. Uh, moving on. Remember, Mark, during the ATL debate club days when we had Richard Sherman on the show? Yeah. And I asked him if he was the NFL's stinky Davis, and he almost got really offended and then gave me a pass. Uh, the, the thing I remember about that interview, because he was – that was, when a, he was that would be fair for him to get somewhat uh, offended. Yeah, I mean, you it. should play along, but – That's when he was coming into, like, full stardom, that one season where there was a clear PR effort. Too. It was after the Brady incident right. and some other stuff. He had read, he said that he had read everything that you and I had written about him, which <laughs> concerned me a lot because it was a lot of wow. Richard Sherman says X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Had Jim Brown a couple weeks later. What happened to the how, like the five-star guess? It was all wiped off the database here, too. Let's move on. The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, my goodness. Uh, did we fork them? We forked them. Oh, right yeah. Tuesday, forked team. Uh, I was too afraid of, of Mark to... To not for it. Oh, right. Okay, very well, I didn't realize you still have this immense belief in them, but I think that they will they will be fork material no, by Sunday night. Uh, I didn't fork them because remember Greg saved them. We did fork them. I, yes. We forked the Bengals. I was, yes. I was yes. too afraid of... He almost did, Lindsay. A, lo- a lot of my decision making really comes down to what I fear will anger Mark or not. Well, that's <laughs> that is your issue. I, I'm not. I don't take responsibility. I can for vouch that. back for that, dating back to your management days. <laughs> um, yes, I'm the only person that Greg managed that was a difficult individual to deal with. Well, I wouldn't say that, but it was a little bit Neither different than Mark, wasn't it, Greg? <laughs> I, I should get out of this conversation. <laughs> uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. That's yes. precious, Dan, by the way. They are three and five. <laughs> Coming and, from you. And uh, listen, just let's move forward. Uh-huh. Uh, and now they travel to face the Titans. They've won three straight. They're five and three. Talk about stacking wins, Chris Wessling. Titans in a good spot to keep winning. They are in a good spot, and they are in a very lucky spot. I think the Tennessee Titans are the luckiest team in the NFL this year. To be five and three, and while injuries have ravaged some other teams like the Colts, the Texans, the 49ers, the Cardinals, all those teams are still remaining on the Titans' schedule. And the Titans' injuries have been hamstrings, which have kept people out for a few weeks, but not ruined their season. So they sit here at 5-3 and three after going through Corey Davis' injuries, Mariota's hamstring, DeMarco Murray playing through a hamstring. They sit here at 5-3 and three with a tremendously easy schedule. Right. And, and there's no reason to think it won't keep going. I mean, how, the luck goes even further. Marcus Ham, I mean, Marcus Mariota gets hurt and they get the two worst teams in the league right after that, who they get to barely win. And maybe I'm just hopeful and I'm watching Mariota throw some you know, dimes down the field, up the seam to, uh, 
Delaney Walker, which is one of my favorite plays in the NFL right now, those two. I really I just love the way that Delaney Walker's kind of made his career in Tennessee. And I and I starting to see Maybe the running game's coming together a little. Like I think this is one of those teams I keep talking about that can they improve can't put as they teams away. They, but they can improve as they go. Like they can right. improve as they go. And I and ultimately, as much as we're knocking them, they're five and three. And this is a home game against a team that's really struggling. And pro- they should get to six and three. It's like they, they're going to be in it. It's going to be a fun race with them and the Jaguars. No, I'm not even knocking them. I'm saying they've been lucky. They'll continue to be lucky, and they'll probably find themselves playing in January. I don't put them. I don't put them like at the equal of the Jaguars. Although the Jaguars no. are a bit of an enigma too on some level, but you can if if you like the ground game, you can run on Cincinnati right now. I think that that you could for a while. I pointed to Cincinnati's defense as like the outpost that I still respected on some level with that team, but they are the last in the NFL in turnovers. They're not generating these teams that are surprising us. The Bills, the Saints, they are they're protecting the ball, and I think that I look at Cincinnati and it's like oh again another off season thing. John Ross, Joe Mixon, and there was a lot of reasons to like Joe Mixon. His tape was incredible, and even his preseason stuff looked good, but it has not happened. John Ross has not happened. This offense is unwatchable. Here's here's what I'm looking for, Greg, because you have Mariota at number nine in your QB index, which you do a nice job with every week, and I respect you. Eight or nine to 15 or 16 are all man. about the same. Let's start uh, there. Well, just hear me out. I think for him to be a top 10 quarterback, I think, for a QB index exercise, I want to see the Mariota from whatever it was, like week four, week five through week 14 last year, that guy that got really hot. I feel like we haven't seen that guy where he's dominating on the field that way. Well, I think there's a couple of things. They have no running game right now. Right. And they're supposed to be a running team, so he's not getting that benefit. For the last month, he hasn't been able to run, and that's a big part of his game. Looked a little better. Big part of their offense, too. And they didn't have Corey Davis, so they had nothing going down the field, and now they have a down-the-field element. Before before we move on, I do want to mention, this is Pac-Man Jones's return to Nashville after 11 years away. And you're laughing like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. But maybe it's because I was covering the NFL then. Pac-Man Jones was the biggest story in the NFL in 2006. It's almost crazy to think how innocent the times were that his off-field behavior was the NFL's biggest problem. Think of how low that would be on the list of things that are a problem for the NFL. Him and Vince Young together and the way he came in and was just a sensation and then what happened in the strip clubs and everything else. Say, you call it an innocent time a man got shot in the back. No, that wasn't that wasn't innocent. That was not innocent. But I get your overall point. My point was like he was the we, largest We lost story. that family if they yeah. were podcast listeners. And here he is uh, 11 years later. Uh, returning to Nashville, and uh, I just feel like karma, there's no way he comes back there and wins, and so that's why I'm going to uh, lock up the Titans. <laughs> that was the oddest route to a lock I've ever I locked it to up. in my life. Wait, you're locking up <laughs> I locked a up team at home playing Cincinnati, a team we forked on our last podcast. I don't know. I wanted to lock up the Jets, okay. but you freaked me out on it. You hey, ruined his return of the pack bit. Just a, an update. I just checked the audio. You guys, Greg did save. No, I didn't. The Bengals. I know you. You. There was like a part where I talked about it for a little bit and saving, and then and then I ended up landing on. No, of course yeah, it's not yeah. going to. Well, on. we are That's agreeing true. now that they're forked. If anything yes. was confusing okay. about uh, I'll, Tuesday, I'll I'll play the sound in here. But okay. Um, oh, listen, she's not backing <laughs> down. Respect that. I like uh, that, Greg. I. None of us are in position to judge you. It's only only the man that can look in the mirror. What's the problem? <laughs> my big, 
you think you think the Tennessee Titans, who by the way are five and three, three straight wins, and have just, top ten quarterbacks in the league at home against a decimated <laughs> Cincinnati team that we all agree stinks, and, and and they're they're injured and they're not playing well all year, and you're locking up the home team. I, I'm just I'm I was not honestly looking for a point spread under ten with the remaining games, and that was like that was one of What's the only a point ones. Spread? Yeah, I'm not aware of what that is. <laughs> uh, let's move on. The Minnesota Vikings are six and two. They're feeling good. They got four wins in a row. By the way, we did talk. Wait, about can it. I switch it to the Jets then? I think I'll leave it done. to uh, the Kissing Cousins. Is it okay for I mean, a switch a problem. out? I'm fine with any switch. Listen, we're not saying you can't do that. It's, I'm not blocking you from doing that. I mean, do whatever you want, it's, honestly. My All opinion, right, go, on, go, go on. You have until the end of the show to switch. Okay. <laughs> okay. West rules, and I stand by that. Uh, so the Vikings have won four in a row. Uh, last Tuesday, we said that it was a possibility. It had been reported that Sam Bradford was heading to IR. That has indeed uh, happened now. Teddy Bridgewater is the backup quarterback for Case Keenan. We'll see how long that lasts. Greg Rosenthal, the Vikings travel to Washington to face a Skins team that just had a huge win in Seattle. Let's see how that continues. Yeah, can they keep winning games? Games shorthanded. Kirk Cousins had two of the best throws of his career, really, back-to-back. I think this is a game which maybe says a little bit about the strength of the NFC in terms of what's the best defense going right now. Because I don't think a Vikings team would have let happen to them what the Seahawks defense Hmm. did at the end of that game. Because I think the Vikings defense is too sound and can get too much pressure on you. And if they don't have their offensive line back in good shape, and it looks like they really won't, that the Vikings are not going to give enough points up in this game to lose. One thing in Seahawks defense, they were playing without Earl Thomas. Yeah. So that. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that away from them, but I, I agree that this is a bad matchup for a Redskins team with a hurt offensive line and Jordan Reed nursing a hamstring injury. I think it's going to be a long afternoon for any tackle when you're facing Everson Griffin. That's a long afternoon, and then you've got Daniil Hunter and Lim Paul Joseph. Just, I think they're going to blow up the Redskins offensive. Yeah, line. I mean Cousins up until that final drive, that offense was absolutely neutralized. Cousins was. I think he took six sacks, and now you're dealing with a defensive front that is just as saucy, and I don't like that matchup for Washington, but I, something about this Redskins team, I find them extremely watchable. I like, I like tracking their games, and I think that they're going to continue. They have a toughness to them. There is. They're, yeah. Every other game, they, kind of, they, just, they surprise you, and they're always, I don't want to count them out of this game either because I could see them winning the way they've done with is something completely unscripted that we're not expecting to happen. And suddenly the skins are back in the playoff picture. I don't know about NFC East playoff. Picture. I'm with you on that. In fact, I did uh, think about whether to lock up the Redskins this week. I did too. Cause I, lo- I and then I came down and the Vikings defense has just been too good. So it just probably is not a smart lock, but it'd be I, different if the Redskins were healthy. Yeah. They're, they're not a hundred percent, but I just, I guess I put more into the idea of momentum. I think that was, can be a potentially season swing win in Seattle and seeing them coming home against a Vikings team that is, is maybe due for a loss on some level. I, I thought it, it, it kind of set up well for Washington. I would like to see this. The last four quarterbacks, Minnesota's faced Mitch Trubisky, Brett Hundley, a Joe Flacco, who looks like a high school quarterback Luka. right now. And Deshaun Kaiser. Fair point. When in case Keenum is starting this game, and you do wonder how many weeks he will continue to start, I think that's a week to week proposition. Yeah. By listening to the coaches, I thought it was interesting that they didn't want Teddy Bridgewater to start this game, but he's active. So we could see Teddy Bridgewater on the field in theory this weekend. I feel like he has, he's earned enough rope where if they have a bad game, he'd stay in the lineup. But if they lose like two out of three or something or two in a row, I could see that switch happening. Let's move on to Houston Texans. 
decimated on both sides of the ball. No fun to watch. I mean, I cannot believe Tom Savage is back in our life, by the way. Oh. Tom Savage is real bad at football. Well, just that's life. Hear that little laugh at the end. He's enjoying the scenario too much. Uh, They travel now to Los Angeles and they get the Rams who. um, Wow. One thing, uh, Mark, that I totally uh, spaced on. I knew they were playing really well on offense, uh, but then the NFL media research notes, they do such a great job. Our research department, the Rams, they have the same uh, points per game average as the greatest show on turf right now. They are just like lighting teams up this season at a level that I don't think anybody could have predicted. It's one of the biggest surprises of the season. Well, and they certainly did a great job adding less need added parts that changed this offense. The coaching staff changed this offense, but you're still looking at a team that has a lot of similar players from last year, and it's an absolute indictment on Jeff Fisher and everything that happened under Jeff Fisher in Los Angeles and St. Louis. It is to me, at least. I don't. You can tell me you, if you, you have spoken on that. Yeah, Numer- I don't. I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb. It's no, not like not I'm not. In, I'm not alone in this territory. We are all exactly. It's not a hot take. I agree. And, and and it also it helps sometimes as the season moves along. If you want to keep this momentum going, you know you're dealing with a Giants team last week in utter chaos, and now you're getting a Texas team that. We just talked about going from Aaron Rodgers to Brett Hundley. I see an absolutely similar change, and we all do, going from Deshaun Watson, where that offense was one that we talked about, and I feel this way, that they snuck into the playoffs in any position, one through six in the AFC with Deshaun Watson. I think they could have gotten on a run and beaten anyone, no matter all their flaws aside. Now they are dead in the water, and they're going to get taken out big time by the Rams. Ooh, this sets up well for Son of Bum to have another great game for his By the way, the defense, no one wants to talk about the mm. defense. The defense last, last month has been fantastic. Well, that would require <laughs> literally zero human courage. <laughs> so fitting. Zero human courage. <laughs> so fitting that Tom Savage's uh, comeback attempt ended in a strip sack because he is a strip sack waiting to happen. By the way, every time he drops it's back. It's too bad. I mean, he by the left tackle that they let Dwayne Brown go and it's the guy behind him that gave up and that. And he he just is so not accurate. It's crazy. I mean, uh, he throws just, uh, everything up for grabs, just, gets his receivers in uncompromising positions. They, it it's crazy. The turnaround's one of the great coaching jobs in history through through eight games. They got to do it through eight more. For instance, Football Outsiders has been keeping track of their, you know, efficiency metrics since 86. And at this point, if they kept it up, the Rams are the most improved team in the last 21 years in total. Crazy. Which doesn't, which doesn't like surprise me. Not only the Rams were bad like last year, but they were, they were worse than the Cleveland Browns since about 19, since about 2005 in terms of their record, in terms of lacking playoff appearances. Like they had a worse record than any team in the league and they come in and they make it so that as good as Jared Goff is playing, I think his job has been so easy because he gets protected well. They're not asking him to do much and that's great coaching. Like Robert Woods, who we laughed about, he's their number one receiver and it's all just like, it's all taken care of for him. It's almost too easy. They got Sammy Watkins involved last week, finally, too. Big catch. The coaching has been phenomenal, but what's the biggest injury they've had? Their mop-up duty running back is nursing an MCL injury. But they, like, they, they are the healthiest team yeah. in the NFL. They, they, they have been lucky in that way, but then they take guys like Ogletree, and he is in a 3-4 defense somehow better, I think, than he was last year. They take a guy like John Johnson, I've never heard of, a fifth-round safety. Third repl- round. Replace him with uh, a longtime veteran, 
cut the veteran mid-season, and John Johnson's making a huge difference for them. Well, and one thing, like the previous regime tried to create good press for itself by essentially confirming its own draft pick by re-signing Tavon Austin to that big contract. He was never used well. I'm not in love with Tavon Austin still, but you're seeing him actually finally be minorly productive well, more than ever before. As like a fun gadget player, yeah. which maybe isn't worth being paid one of the highest salaries of a wide receiver, but he's useful for sure, especially with people that know um, how to run an offense. What about the idea? You, you just put it in my mind, Mark. And I know you've privately talked to me about this idea, a small business. Uh, I'm wondering to what this will be. Um, you know, the gentleman's club that you've always wanted to launch. No, that is not. What if you called it please. the strip club? I mean, excuse me, if you call it the strip sack. How about that? Mm. That is that sounds that would conjure many images that people would not need, I think. I don't know. You put me so in is a that tough a good, position here. A good name or a bad name? A, for a let's, you have let's, Mark in let's a tough back position, the truck Andrew. up here. I never yes. proposed this business to you or anyone. I don't have any capital, and it's not really? what I would put capital into. Secondly, the name does not check out for me. History will decide if you really were looking to open this type of business. <laughs> History has already decided. <laughs> Taking a really nice strange turn. Talk about Stinky Davis. <laughs> the giant, I, all right, admission, Mark does not plan on opening a strip club. I mean, ah. that's a major breaking headline to anyone who <laughs> thought in their hearts otherwise. I just I don't want you to sue me, Mark. The New York Giants are one and seven, one of the four teams in the league. Oh, it's the Fork Bowl but, uh, between the Giants and the Niners. Don't have to spend too much time on this one, Wes. Uh, but I do want to touch on uh, Ben McAdoo, who now uh, there is sources, uh, people inside the Giants locker room who are saying that Ben McAdoo has lost the team. Uh, this is Ray Hanley all over again. You've been telling us Jersey, this for weeks. And it looks like he is out of here. And the Giants have a lot of work to do, and it's going to start with finding a new head coach in January. It's the same city that uh, former Knicks guard Michael Ray Richardson once said about their season, the ship be sinking, and that's it. The, the Giants' season <laughs> is sinking. And, and I don't, has to go. <laughs> I do not know what Ben McAdoo gives this team. I never saw it with him. And An uncomfortable I, haircut? The whole persona. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know why he was hired in the first place. It is a little different. I, I was banging the drum of like maybe they'll be patient because he went to the playoffs in one of his two seasons. But it is a little different because he was in the building for a couple of years before becoming head coach, and maybe somehow that's part of the equation. And, and it's gotten ugly. Steve Spagnolo, who, by the way, oh here we go. You're going to hit these on Spag. <laughs> your boy. You've been waiting for this. Go ahead. I mean, he hasn't been covering himself in glory this season. Can we agree with the considering Agreed. the talent here? The, the players are not happy. He questioned today. He told the reporters that their anonymous sources were made up. Uh, he he just uh, he just decided that their anonymous sources were made up. And then Eli Apple, I thought interestingly. Came up, the reporters came up and asked him about the anonymous sources, and he just said, "Oh, I don't know anything about that." And then he brought a media person over, and then the media uh, handler told him, "Eli will not be speaking to the media." Today. <laughs> yeah. It's like that that famous GIF of Homer Simpson like going back into the hedges to hide. <laughs> exactly. Um, by the, the Rams, to your Spags hate, uh, which is a good time for you to bring it back. Uh, they scored uh, eight out of the I first hate. nine possessions against the Giants. And that third and 33, Robert Woods touchdown, I've never seen anything like it. It was basically a check down pass, and he never got touched. I know well, he they, scored. I didn't realize until I watched it again. No one touched him. He went right through the defense. It looks to me like a team that really has, you see this one or two times a year, right. if not more, a team that's given up on their coach. I will say this about the Mannings. 
what giving quarterbacks you are that Peyton Manning could tell his time in Indianapolis was potentially winding to a close. So a health issue creeps up. The team goes into the total tank and they get Andrew Luck. Now you're Eli Manning. Your career is over after this season. The Giants are going to sneak in and get the number one pick and they're going to have, they're going to be another one of these teams <laughs> with 42 straight years of a franchise quarterback. Whoa! <laughs> Give me a break. Marked it. Well, this is a big game for the number one pick. We, I know we got to move on, but if the 49ers don't win this one, I mean, Mark just almost impaled me. Yeah, I was pen. not aimed close. at you. I just threw no. my pen across the room. I'm tired of it. If the 49ers don't win this, I think the 0-16 watch is real because this is the game where you figure, okay, maybe the 49ers, they've been playing hard. They get a win, but they've lost just in the last couple of weeks. Pierre Garçon, George Kittle, uh, Taylor, who was their slot receiver, Jaquiski Tart, Jimmy Ward. Like, this was a team that was bad already, and they're losing pretty much all their players. Well, and, they go- and they might be starting C.J. Beathard over Jimmy Garoppolo again. It looks like he's going to start. He will this, but they go into their bye, and, and, and yesterday Shanahan made it sound like he was very – he said they were excited to see Garoppolo sooner than later. So I think after the bye week, we got Jimmy G. got to win this season. Um, and I do have a Sessler, and I wrote about it in the research notes uh, piece this week. Eli Manning, not going to get benched. They won't do that to him. How about a little Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin reunion in the offseason? I like it. it I mean, or how about the Jaguars find a young quarterback to groom? What is Eli Because Manning? it's a win-now team. I had that as a trade deadline thing, but it's like it, Eli Manning is not an upgrade necessarily. You can do both. If Coughlin yeah. believes Eli has some left in the tank, he's the perfect fit for them if he plays I like pairing him with, with someone to groom under him, though, not sure. as a he's going to be here for five years. Scenario. He can be a game manager. What Eli Manning does before the snap is something the Jaguars need. All right, let's move on. Sunday night football, the New England Patriots, 6-2. and two. And you want to talk about throne of ease. They're coming out of their bye week. The the Packers decide they don't want Bart- Martellus Bennett around anymore. It just did not work, and, and he had some type of phantom injury, and they're going to try to get money back, apparently, from the signing bonus. Who makes a waiver's claim on Martellus Bennett? The New England Patriots. And who's going to have some big catches down the stretch for the New England Patriots this season? I guarantee you Marty Bennett's going to. Congratulations, Greg. This was a nice big move for <laughs> because the Dwayne Allen trade, while the trade was has been misunderstood, they basically gave up nothing for him. It was a salary dump. His spot and his salary, he's the sixth highest paid player on the team, has been a disaster for them. He has had no impact whatsoever, and they could really use a two-tight end offense, and Marty B should bring that to them when he gets healthy. I remember the last time this happened. The Steelers had no use for Legary Blunt, so the Patriots mm. just picked him up and won a title. It's too obvious. So the the Patriots now they I don't think they'll have Marty Bennett this week, but no. uh, he will be back soon, I guess, and, and making plays for him. They now travel to Denver to face the Broncos. As we know, Tom Brady career in Denver it has not gone very well. Three and seven overall. It's his lowest winning percentage against uh, any team in any city. Blah 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 blah. Literally the only team he's even under five hundred against. But Mark, do you do you put something in? to that or does it just feel like a Denver team that's so beat up and playing poor defensively as well as offensively? Yeah, he played a lot of good Denver teams over the years, some of those in, in the playoffs as well, but I I look at this team, if the Patriots, and I know Greg, you mentioned that you felt like this might have been the kind of game the New England could tumble in, and all I'd say is if that happens, I really would be suspicious of the, of the Patriots, because we all know about the Brock Osweiler 
offense and where that's at right now. But the defense as well, since week six, is the worst scoring defense in the NFL. Now, a lot of that is because the offense is giving the ball up on a short field, and some of that, I, I it, there's still a good defense. Almost all of it, other than last week. And I would say they've been a great, I, one of the best defense in the league, except for last week, where they got their... All I would what? say is that Eagles game, to me was an absolute exposure of Denver's entire roster. Now they can bounce back, but that was an embarrassing loss but for the Broncos. That, to me, was a coaching loss. They got they got schooled by an offense that's tough to prepare for and just had... Like, they schematically... It wasn't like, hey, we're going to beat you one-on-one. It was like, they got they got confused by what everything Philly was sending them. And maybe maybe New England will be able to... Oh, and now you're too, dealing with Philly, Bill Belichick. Philly, Philly has a pretty unique offense. They have shown over the years that they know how to handle Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, including last year, by the way, when the Patriots went into Denver and won, but they had one touchdown in the game. It wasn't like they they went and had a great offensive performance. Wes, why are we seeing Brock Osweiler for another week? Vance Joseph. I can't believe it. Vance Joseph got desperate. And you see this every year. Coaches get desperate and lose their minds. You never go full Osweiler. (laughs) I feel so much better with him playing instead of Simeon. I know Simeon was struggling, but I think that would give them a better chance. He he gave Simeon a mental break because he knows that Simeon wasn't the problem. But if you look at his comments, he doesn't want to ruin Trevor Simeon's career. So come back this week against a pretty bad defense. They think Trevor Simeon is salvageable as their quarterback but they don't want to use him right now behind that offensive line. So I, to me, this game is the primary example why all off-season and even early-season schedule analysis is a waste of hot air. Yeah, They are playing against Brock Osweiler. That's all you need to say. So you're saying those oh, exercises where it. people go through an entire schedule and pick off wins and losses, like, that's maybe not totally scientific? Like It's like the Rams-Texans <laughs> matchup this week, too. Like That's a gimme now. It's a couple like, of weeks ago, that's... You might right, and at the beginning of the season, it was a it was a good matchup for the Texans. Like Dan, Schedule analysis is a waste of time. Dan, step into uh, the office here. Um, that's our number one ratings grabber in August uh, here at the network. <laughs> and if you ever speak down upon the schedule prediction ever again, you're out of this industry. Think <laughs> about this this company, the blackball baby. Wow, they will erase you. Like the, how this Patriots backfield's coming together, starting to look good. Uh, Rex. Finally, right, do you, oh, I have one question. Sorry, yes. do you actually think that the Patriots are going to lose this game? You've mentioned no, this over I, and over. Once Brock was starting, that makes me feel a lot better. I think I think their defense can give the Patriots a lot of problems, and I think it'll be close. Finally, Monday Night Football: the Miami Dolphins at four and four, losers of uh, two straight, travel to Charlotte to face the Panthers, six and three. Uh, by the way, speaking of Tom Brady and Cam Newton, a reporter asked Cam on Wednesday about the idea of Tom Brady being 40 and still being great. Does he imagine he could still play at a high level at 40? Here's what uh, Cam had to say about Tom Brady. And Brady's, what, how old is he, 40? Man. I don't know, he may be Benjamin Buttons, man. He's just like a, a GQ model still, right? Golly, I ain't seen no gray. I ain't seen nothing. Now, hell, I look at D.A., and he full of gray already. Derek Anderson. <laughs> the two or three kids, man. So, I don't know. I, I got I got I got As a matter of fact, shout out to Tom Brady. He sent me one of his books. So, oh, I am um, sending I am reading up on that, trying to find out the, 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 the cheat codes yeah. of pliability, as I know. he says. I, Cam's don't right. take the concussion advice. 
you know that that being yeah. hydrated is going to help. Um, Please, he calls Benjamin Buttons. Yeah. Buttons. He has it pluralized. Sounds like That's a child's magician. <laughs> well, he didn't see Titanic. He apparently did see that movie. Yeah, this yeah. Is not, Titanic still has to go. That's interesting, and I can vouch for that. I was going gray before I had kids, but once you have multiple little boys, it all. It all goes downhill. It's like multiple way. U.S. presidencies. Exactly. Uh, shout out to my boy, Harry Hansis, who turned one year old today. Oh, right. yeah, right. boy. Nice, Harry. Um, all right. So the, here are the Panthers uh, at six and three. And, and Mark, uh, we didn't fork him. Got Wes mad at me as he was listening oh, to our show. I was frothing at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> They're still alive. I basically only did not fork them uh, because I didn't fork him last year. I was just doing some type of weird continuity. Maybe I'll regret it as soon as uh, Monday night. Yeah, I mean, they've been shut out twice, and one of them was an unbelievable 40 to nothing lambasting. It is tough, no matter how bad you are, to get shut out twice in one NFL season. And their offense has looked, that should have been three times, and their offense has looked that bad week to week. The Jay Cutler game last week was the one performance where I thought he came out and played well finally, but I don't trust this Dolphins team. And I find that the, the Panthers, for me, on Game Pass, I do not enjoy watching their games, to be honest. I just do not. It's mostly because of their offense, but their defense is tight. Their defense is really good, and I considered this game unlockable because the Dolphins are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They are a few plays away from being 0-8 right now. <laughs> I, I agree. See, it, and Lindsay can confirm, this was originally my lock, and then I realized, wait, this is too much. This no, they, too the Dolphins are a bad, bad football team. They legitimately could be 0-8 right now with a, just a few plays going mm. differently. And they are in over their heads in this game. The Panthers are so much better. I, I like what I saw out of the running game last week. It was almost like let's try, let's stop trying to be a like a quote unquote NFL offense, and let's just go back to some of the creative, crazy running stuff that we did back in 2015, and even back to 2013. The team that we kind of fell for and was our team of around the league back then. This team's not that different. I mean, if things go right a little bit, they have a top one or top two or three defense if they're lucky. They're going to be able to run the ball. Like I, I think this this Panthers team hasn't been fun to watch, but I think they can be in the mix. Well, I think they are in the mix. I mean, no I doubt think, about it. I think they can. Like if you're t- if someone tells me like they're playing in the NFC Championship, like that doesn't that wouldn't shock me right now. I think they have enough going. All I'd say is that to me, just in terms of fun, like you'd be removing either the Eagles, the Rams, or the Saints to have the Panthers in there, and I just don't see it happening. They got to get better, but I think they're in position to. All right, let's see what the Panthers do on Monday Night Football. Uh, that is the. Week 10 preview, the next time you hear from us, it will be the Sunday night flagship program where we will recap each of these games we just previewed. Uh, again, NFL Pick'em uh, on Saturdays and Sundays, um, and, you know, we have fun on it. People should check out NFL Pick'em. Uh, Mark, another spirited Mark performance uh, acting performance. I, I feel like an Emmy could be coming your way, Mark. I'm just it's gonna not, throw it out it's there. It's all real. What you see, it's not acting. It's what we're really doing. <laughs> well, that's what know. that's what the greats say. Yeah, they say you put yourself in it, and it's not you're not acting. You put yourself into that role. That's right. You're a method actor. You're a method actor. That's what I was. You're like you, Val. That's Kilmer. what I was. See, that's why it's great having West around. He's like Val Kilmer over here. You're like <laughs> pay me like Val Kilmer. Then how about that? You're like Jared Leto in the. Prefontaine movie 
That's my. Right. That's that's his performance. Kinda, I up. like the Kilmer ref better than the Leto ref. Well, if you once you see the segment, it'll make more sense. Yeah. Well, they, that was the industry when they put two uh, Prefontaine movies out at the same exact time. The so world I, needed I, to. Like, yeah. Needed it. And they got it. All right. So there you go. Uh, that's it for today's show. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. The great Chris Wessling, the mailman. Uh, Will Boss, Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.